HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Root 11 Potato Chips. Made with a secret recipe and superior ingredients, their mission is to make an outstanding product in a safe and clean environment. To learn more, visit rt11.com. This week on Meat and 3, we're looking at factors that will shape our food world in 2019. We start with trend predictions and how media covers them. A website could theoretically devote all their coverage to these viral trends and, and get all sorts of hits. That's not a way to build sustainable readerships, just as it's not a way to build you know, sustainable restaurants. We report on a big change coming and how street meat will be served. On January 1st, a ban on plastic foam went into effect in New York City. And we round out the episode with a story about using gene editing to create the spicy tomato of the future. At first, it sounds like a, like a gimmick or like something that you would do for fun. The truth is, there is a real value behind it. It's not too late to make your resolution. Subscribe to Meet and 3 wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a single episode this year. Welcome, everybody, to the show Life's a Banquet, the show that's edible, spreadable, and Zara. Horrible. Starring your hosts, me, Brent Scott, and me, Zara Tangora. A show about ostriches, wine, and dog. <laughs> I'm drunk. <laughs> Always. Life's a banquet, life's a banquet, life's a banquet, banquet. Welcome to Life's a Bank with the culinary show that's all about the highs and lows of everything spreadable, edible, and borable. Starring me! Uh, and, sorry. <laughs> Starring just me. I'm so sorry. I've gotten rid of my other host. Turns out, uh, well, commodities and economy. We had to cut one of us and it wasn't going to be me. Oh, sorry, Zara. Wait a minute. I'm sorry, right that's here. next week. I forgot to tell you. Well, I, well, it's okay because who cares? Breton, you're what, here today. What would I do without you? You're here. You, what, what, you're such a confidence booster. What would I? What would? You're right. What would you do without me? Do you want me to actually think about that? I don't know what I'd do without probably you. I'd probably probably just sit inside and stare at the wall every day, crying. And you eating. might have more money. I would eat flour just right out of the container. Mm-hmm. Dry, dry you would flour. Never had a dimmer switch. <laughs> That's true. Actually, no, I don't know. Okay, so check this out. How is what? What's going on? It's spring today. Suddenly in February, spring has sprung. Although every February it seems to spring for us. Remember last February? When it was okay, 80 Zara degrees? and I have. So basically, before everybody had, uh, we used to have real memories before Facebook and Instagram reminded us of them. So Zara and I have a real memory that we remembered on our own. 
And we he, did. Ah, it was a year ago. Picture it, 2018. Ah, we were all just young little babies. My I've hair told the was story, short. I've told this story so many times. I was driving to go to a court case for bicycle tickets in upstate New York, getting pulled over in the Taconic State Parkway. And oh. on the way, we were fortunate enough to stop at the, none other than Martha Stewart's farm. Yeah, it was amazing. We got to go inside. We saw her winter citrus. We petted her horse's manes, and we saw her yellowware bowls. Ryan just got fired. Oh, really? Oh. <laughs> no, no. Uh, <laughs> but there was a solar eclipse, and we watched it, through, and it was, it was yeah. incredible. We stared at it without any protection, just like we mm-hmm. saw the president do. We said, okay, well, it looks safe to look at this thing if he's doing it. Yep. Well, here we are. How was your week? What did you do? What's My going week on? was pretty good. Um, well, I recovered from a sickness. I drank lots of broth. I got lots of sleep and had a couple of hot toddies. Mm, was accidentally yeah. served an entire glass full of horseradish vodka, thinking that it was water. Well, it turns out it healed you. <laughs> uh, now I'm fine. Uh, I made some delicious things. I laughed. I cried. I ate some bread. What kind of delicious things did you make? Uh, well, I made a ricotta. I've been making this cake that I've had to make for a couple of different clients now. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty classic yellow cake, and then it has a little orange ricotta filling in it. So I yes. whipped up one of those. Delicious. A cannoli cake. A ca- kind of a cannoli kind of cake. A ca- kind of a cannoli some cake. Some might call it a cannoli cake. Mm-hmm. Uh, I made that. Uh, I was going to do some... Uh, Super Bowl delights, and then I realized that I don't like football, and I don't care. Football? Uninterested. Somebody yesterday talked to me, and they said, they go, hey, Z, so did you enjoy, this is an old high school friend, he goes, hey, Z, did you enjoy watching the Super Bowl? I know you're a football fan. I go, <laughs> and then he goes, no, seriously, you love football. And I go, what are you talking about? He's like, well, you loved football when uh, you were going out with our dog, who was my boyfriend when I was 16, I was like, well, a lot has changed in the past 20 years. I don't watch football. I don't even know what football is. I do like nachos. I do love puppies. You know what? I love football uh, related food that they, pro- the football, right. you know, I love, football I love, a, I love a good popper. Uh, sorry. <laughs> oh, wait. Sorry. We're at the food podcast. Food, food. <laughs> Not those kind of poppers. I love a jalapeno popper. You pop that in. Oh, I made, I tried to make the larger version of poppers, which is AKA chili rellenos, right? Okay, what happened? It's in the freezer. Of course, Breton. So you know, I, I haven't, yeah. So should we tell them about Well, if we could just you? take three minutes to have this be group public therapy. And if you're listening, thank you very much, first of all, to all our listeners in uh, Kazakhstan and, and Germany. Guam. Guam, yes, thank you, Guam. Timbuktu. Yep. That's right. So Sheboygan, I know there's a couple of you. So there is a thing, a problem that I have, which is called over. It's called the overexcitement of cooking projects problem. Mm-hmm. Right. So I spend my mornings and afternoons and nights looking through cookbooks, and I guess nowadays you have to go on the internet. And I've get, and I have a list. Right. Every month I I make a list of all these things that I want to make, like dreams, hopes, and. Fears. Some of the fears, yes. Fear-based cooking. Fear, fear-based Very cooking. popular millennials. Uh, if I don't make something, what I usually do is I pull out each arm hair. Uh, <laughs> so for each recipe I don't make, that's 40 arm hairs. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I have, you know, I think it's very exciting to cook, right? Yeah. But a lot of my projects, I get into it, and then something happens. You know what happens mostly because of the New York lifestyle? What? <laughs> the, because of oh, the, the old New York, this because, and that? Because of the homosexual New York lifestyle I've been living for the last... 12 years. Oh, he's stuck in a bathhouse. Oh, stuck in a bathhouse. <laughs> oh, we'll talk about that later. Perfect. Uh, different podcast. But the, <laughs> the, you, suddenly you want, you have a plan to have dinner 
But then something more interesting comes up like, oh, our friend is working at Brooklyn Social and mm-hmm. it's the dead of winter. As yeah. We've we been talking, maybe we should get drunk instead. Exactly. And eat just one order of french fries. Right. It's a great, well. Well, yes, you are definitely someone who gets very excited about cooking projects more so than anyone I know, which is one of the greatest things about you. Every time you go over to Breton's house, there's something bubbling or simmering mm-hmm. or baking. And he's like, take a taste of this. It's a pumpkin seed galette. That doesn't make any sense. But you know what I'm trying to say It here. could. I mean, I'm, technically, I, there's one in the oven right now. Um, well, <laughs> I've got to go. <laughs> but it's incredible. There really is always something at your house. That I've never met anyone that makes things as consistently as you. However, I'm always like, God, I never got a bite of that. And I take, I'm kind of a narcissist, so I take it very personally. Oh, yes. Breton never gives me a bite of anything. He hates me secretly. But really what happens is. It's all in the freezer. He shoves it in the freezer. Half, it's a lot of unfinished projects in the freezer. When I die, they're going to publish this big thing in the form of a freezer, and they're going to <laughs> defrost. Like- they're going to defrost everything that'll be in it. Oh, look at this the museum! Oh, yeah, except that it will be a bad <laughs> museum because it's not that interesting. It's like, oh, look, uh, no. But the whole point is, first of all, the freezer is an incredible tool, and I do pull out stuff later that I've forgotten. Like, oh my gosh, I I can all I do is stuff these with cheese and yep. get them along. Also, I think if you're not sure if something happens, especially with meat or perishable products just put it in the freezer because then you can save it totally and it's okay freezers are great i love a freezer it's amazing we were joking before that you need an intern to help just finish your project exactly so if you would like to go ahead and leave us any comments or feedback um questions or or anything you know go ahead and email us at life's a banquet show at gmail.com uh and also if you're looking to be an intern in my very own kitchen. Brett, it reminds me of that <laughs> Seinfeld when Kramer gets an intern yeah, for yeah. Kramerica Enterprises. So Bretton is starting Britannica Enterprises. Um, please reply with a headshot and That's a butt right. shot. Headshot, butt shot. Uh, I like a 22-inch round biceps. Uh, no cankles. Sorry. <laughs> it's not that it, nothing against it. I just don't want them. Uh, but no, it's definitely unpaid. But uh, your payment is just the glitz. The, gl- the, glitz, the, gl- the glitz and the glam. <laughs> Being so close to a celebrity 24 hours a day. Okay, so we have just... I, I want to talk about our subject, but I... Please. Was we there, have a very big subject. We though, do have today. a very big subject. And I was trying to think like all the fun... I So I always write down before I was... I write down, oh, what did I make this week? Yes, please. I ra- made 11 different items. Oh my God, what'd you make? Uh, let's see, I made chicken milanese and arugula salad, two types of Caesar salad. One Wait. was like a quick Caesar salad, like, cause I was in a hurry and I was like, what can I do for a quick Caesar? Which is kind of, is a quick Caesar. A Caesar is a quick salad. It already is quick. How'd mm-hmm. you make it quicker? Uh, I used the stick mixer, stick hand blender. Oh, instead of like a mortar and pestle? Yeah, yeah. Smart. Like the old hand blender. Or oh. the, or. <laughs> oh, you yeah. put the, you got the. Old hand blender. You made a two-handed Caesar. That I got, I smell the Lots of broccoli. Cooking. I made a lot of broccoli rob and the pork and ginger scallion meatballs. Oh. Zara's recipe. How did they turn they out? They were a little bready. They, they were too bready? I put too much bread in. Mm. Sorry. I, Zara is a, we are doing one episode in the future of Zara's meatball masterclass. I'm a ball queen. She's a ball queen. She's a she really makes a good meatball, and you've practiced a lot. I this- love balls. I like small balls, big balls, long balls, pork balls, lamb balls. Yeah, we're talking about meatballs. I mean, get your mind you, out of the gutter. It's not like you were just born with this ball gift. You well, I wasn't born with any balls. I oh, had yeah. to acquire them. Yeah, you worked very hard. But I'm also a bad recipe recanter and a horrible recipe writer. So I'm sorry if they were too bready because I just can't. I have to be there. Well, I know. That's why we're doing a live uh, meatball master class where 
uh, the microphones will be slathered in the sauce Ooh. and pork fat and beef. Yes. Okay. Uh, anyway, so now what's going on? Well, uh, the world is coming to a slow and grinding halt and Perfect. end, but. <laughs> but we have a fabulous uh, subject for you I'm, today. I'm miserable and it's the dead of winter. I'm a completely alone and suffering from depression, but I do have a good friends sitting right to my left and I eat lots of nice food and drink champagne and I dance the boogie. That is yeah, true. And you are surrounded Saturday. by approximately 10 to 12 million people in this fabulous city. <laughs> That's about it. So we have a great topic today, which I feel like Breton and I contemplated making this a two-parter. Now, you had mentioned you thought our topic was boring. Okay. Well, first of all, I want to talk about the etymology of the... Want to give it away? Yeah, yeah. Say it. It's soup. It is soup. Soup. So did you know that I read it on the internet? Where's that? There was an article. There was actually an article on Bon Appetit from 2011, I think it was, and it was about the etymology of the word soup, and that they said that it might have originally come from the word, uh, from a brothel, which they used to call oh. a stew, because it was so <laughs> stewy inside. Uh, 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 uh. Things, just, this is what I was talking yeah. about, my bathhouse. Like, sometimes I'm in the bath, like, I'm in the bathhouse, mm-hmm. Russian-Turkish bathhouse, I'm like, I'm getting, Smell, yeah, well, well, go I'm, ahead. Getting boiled, I'm getting cooked. Totally. In You're a like, soup. And it smells like soup in yeah. there, I bet, too. It does kind of smell like soup. Different kinds of uh, <laughs> Different people. kinds of sausages. <laughs> Different kinds of sausage. Meats. Yeah, meats, lots of meat, meat soup. Well, anyway, the, I guess the moral of the story is that soup is has all these like fun meetings, right? It comes from, their Latin is zuppa, suppa, S-U-P-P-A, suppa. Mm. Like, what's up? Yeah, what's up? What's up? Yeah, like what's that's a, suppa? yeah, yeah. Uh, what pot potage right there's that Mm -hmm. um so there's a lot of you know then i so then as i I go to the the what's the call the brooklyn historical library right i'm getting all these cookbooks from 191850s and and they were very interesting these mrs beecher who the hell is she uh, well with different thing but she's oh she used to write um about housekeeping for women and you know, part of this, of keeping a good house was obviously cooking and feeding your family. And one of the basis of all of this was any scraps of anything that you had, whether it was meat or vegetables or grains, back in the day before we could just go to our local deli or our Whole Foods or our Trader Joe's and get so much food that you're like, just throw it away. <laughs> um, you actually had to save your, your leftovers. And you, we, you would make these into a beautiful stock, which then you would enrich your other food and make soups and stews. So they were actually a part of sustenance, and they kept people alive. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, this is true. It's soup. more than just witchcraft. It's more than, and just the world. So then I thought, oh, soup is kind of, oh, soup. There's like the people that are, you know, I always think, I worked in restaurants forever. I always think of the person that's like, ah, excuse me, waiter, what's your soup of the day? You know, and every, soup, a soup obsessed. Soup of the day. Like, why do you yeah. want soup? But then. But then you get a warm bowl of seafood chowder. Okay, fine. It's a soup. It's a chowder. It's a soup. Don't worry about it. And then you just have that warm, warm chowder. And you just have it with some bread and butter, some Uh, crusty bread and butter. And then you suddenly realize that that is actually the best meal that you could have in your life. Agreed. I think soup is absolutely Besides pizza and french fries. Yes. A french fry covered pizza is second only to a bowl of soup or first, depending on who you are. 
Um, I always thought it was funny. We had a line cook one time or prep cook rather at Brucey and you know, we do family meal and a lot of times it'd be soup. I love soup. So I would make soup often for family meal and sometimes family meal gets a bad rap. You know, Mm -hmm. people think, Oh, they, they're giving us the leftover crap from yesterday. And those people would be correct. Uh, but when I made soup for family (laughs) meal, it was actually good stuff. And it was leftover flavors develop over the course of a day or two or three or (laughs) Or seven seven weeks you know so what? (laughs) or a freezer from last you clean out the freezer exactly you find that quart of aioli that's been there for three months and you make a mayonnaise soup and and some people say you're trying to poison them i mean come on but so this guy said he was allergic to soup and i say okay guy what kind of soup are you allergic to he did not you allergic to peanut soup are you allergic to egg soup whatever i went through the gamut of different allergies bread soup what is it he goes no I'm allergic to all soup, Tangora. And I said, okay, fine. So then I would just cook the soup that we had for family meal down and like toss it with pasta. And then as soon as he'd take a bite, I would go, (laughs) you're eating soup. (laughs) <laughs> you dehydrated soup, exactly. put it in astronaut food. Exactly. I was like, like here's here's this packet of big chew gum. Just kidding. Yeah. Just waiting for him to die, but he never did. Anyway, I'm sorry. That's very interesting. Was it, you were saying the difference between, I don't actually, I mean, I do know, but I think a lot of our listeners might not know the difference between a potage and a chowder, maybe a brothy soup. Can you... Well, of course. I mean, all over the world, there's different types of soups, right? You think Mexico. They've got tortilla soup. They have... What is it? The one pozole. the pozole. Then mm. you go to Japan and you get miso soup. You go to China mm. and you get uh, shrimp wonton soup from Noodle Village. Ooh. Or you just it would, so. And then I think these were words that we developed. Right, a chowder would maybe typically have potatoes. Mm-hmm. And of course, some might argue like, no, this chowder is not supposed to have potatoes. So these were words, and they were around certain areas. And that's how we developed the thing. You know, like stew. What is stew? As we said, these were just words that were formed over the course of many years of like, oh, well, a stew is this and it's thicker. and mm-hmm. uh, But who's to say that if you don't make a really thick uh, lentil soup? Right. Does it, so when does it become a stew? I don't know. What about revolita? Yeah. Ribiolita. Well, well, this is where we contact our our, our stew judges. <laughs> our local soup yeah, representatives. Like, Excuse me, I'm sorry. We are, you are not. So that is not a soup of the day. That is a stew of the day. Like, <laughs> are you kidding me? Clam chowder is not a it, They're all soups. Yeah. And my, you know. If it's hot and you can eat it with a spoon. What if it's cold? Is it soup? Zara. Oh, what if it's a What if it's a vicious Oh, what if it's a borscht? What if it's a what if it's a chilled borscht? What if it's a cold cucumber fucking soup? What if it's what if it's a Tuscan bean soup? Oh Maronna mia! What if it's shark fin soup? Oh my god! Which has gotten a lot of bad stuff like don't. <gasps> or what if it's turtle soup? Zara, I well, want to hear Zara has. I'm going to so, tell you. Oh, go ahead. No, I want to Zara spoiled my surprise for me, which was, I said, oh, what are you going to talk about? And she said, turtle soup. Well, I am going to talk about turtle soup, and you all are going to hear all about it after this commercial break. Wait. Oh, yeah. Commercials. Love them. Okay, bye. Come back. This episode is brought to you by Root 11 Potato Chips. From the moment Root 11 dropped their first batch of chips back in the early days of 1992, they understood their destiny as a high-quality producer. Instead of succumbing to the frenzy of mass production, they took advantage of their small size and made chipping a personal art form. The payoff was immediate. 
an incredible potato chip. With the secret recipe and superior ingredients, their mission is to make an outstanding product in a safe and clean environment. In this world of uncertainty that we live in, Route 11 potato chips believe comfort food can be just that. Know where your food comes from. To learn more, visit rt11.com. Are you enjoying this podcast? Heritage Radio Network has plenty more. I'm Damon Bolte. And I'm Souther Teague. Together we host The Speakeasy, a show where we discuss cocktails, spirits, wine, beer, tea, coffee, and all things in the liquid universe. Yeah, our guests range from bartenders and brewers, alchemists and ambassadors, roasters and regulars, hippies and home brewers, and every expert enthusiast in between. <laughs> Browse episodes of The Speakeasy wherever you listen to podcasts and on heritageradionetwork.org. Welcome back, everyone. Ah, uh, welcome back. What a joy it is to have you back with us here in the studio. Oh, I am so happy because I'm going to start talking about my favorite topic. Mm, yes. Turtle murder. <laughs> <laughs> Zara told me last night she roasted a chicken. Yes. Another thing you're very good at. Oh, thanks, honey. And the you said that once a, once a chicken is feathered and plucked and boiled and skinned and well i guess not skinned but mm-hmm. uh plucked if it's <laughs> it's a protective layer kind of just looks like a turtle without the shell absolutely so i'm doing all this research about turtle soup i'm watching all these videos about people uh butchering turtles catching turtles killing turtles maiming turtles eating turtles cooking turtles picking off their meat and i get this chicken out of the oven i'm like you know i'm gonna pick at this thing i never really cook for myself so the fact that i roasted myself a chicken was a big deal hey Gotta I, take care of I go to take a little uh, snibble of it, a little nibbly Sn- nib. A snibble. Yeah. And that's a small nibble. I was just like, I can't eat this. All I can think is that I'm eating like a raw turtle. And I'm not someone who's adverse to different kinds but of meat cooked. or au fall. It, was, it wasn't cooked. That was the problem. I was eating a raw chicken. Uh. <laughs> but really, a chicken is really a chicken mm, is a turtle sashimi. without a shell. Mm-hmm. It is. It really is. It's evil. It's just as evil as a turtle. So um, back in the day, back in the day, yes. starting all the way from, I'm, I mean, this could go back and back the, and Anything forth back and forth. in the day refers to before... Before Britain. The, before the internet. Yeah. <laughs> Pre-internet. Yeah. Pray before... <laughs> when, in the times of Encyclopedia Britannica, when one had to open a book and search alphabetically or using the Dewey Decimal System to find information. Exactly. This was definitely pre-Oregon Trail, the video game. Um, <laughs> the, the most popular soup and... Kind of in America, beginning, uh, they said it was probably served at the first Thanksgiving. And fourth, most popular yes. soup was turtle soup. That was the most popular soup? It was extremely popular. I mean, we think like chicken noodle soup. I'll tell you why in a little bit, why turtle soup fell out of favor. But it was popular amongst both poor and rich people, which I think is really interesting. Obviously, most food back then was kind of on a grab-as-you-go basis. So, you know, people could just grab a turtle out of the pond and cook it but they were also sir turtle soup is also served all different kinds of presidents um john adams george washington abraham lincoln uh people were really digging into turtle soup you know that can i just interject Please. really quickly is oh, that good. i, I thought God. you'd never ask so anyway so my mom says no just kidding <laughs> uh, i wasn't i go to chinatown a lot that's yeah. where i live uh well i don't live there but i live there when i'm not in bed mm-hmm. and the I discovered at my there's a lot of places that have live seafood. Yeah. That you can get murdered before your very eyes. And turtles is one of them and I just discovered it. It's at that there's a wonderful market on the on Mott Street on the corner of Grand in in Manhattan. 
<clears throat> for those of you who don't live there, it's wonderful. Yeah. And you can just go and pick up live turtles and then have them cracked and, and their head, well... Yeah, their head yeah. gets snipped off with a scissor, or yeah. they just step on their shell and crush it. Yeah. <laughs> break their backs. Yeah, so you can do that. Um, so if you're still interested. If anyone wants to break a turtle's back, head right down to Chinatown. Um, so they say, first I want to say tell you about a very interesting thing about turtle meat that, I'm going to be honest, I didn't know much about turtle meat. I've never had this turtle episode. meat. I haven't either, and I'm not picky. I'm not really interested in having it after watching all these videos, mostly because I'm very afraid of frogs, and a turtle reminds me of a frog. With a shell. And mm-hmm. now I can't eat chicken either. Um, so they say from a turtle, you can get seven different kinds of meat, depending on what part of the turtle you're eating. And, and it's it not can, just light and dark. No, they say parts of it taste like fish. Parts of it taste like veal. Parts of it taste like beef, chicken, pork, and lamb, which is disgusting to me. I, I'm mad at that, mostly. A turtle of many mammals? I yeah. had no idea. It's like a freak animal. I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's a reptile. I'm confused. I know. It's very bizarre. Life. So back in the day... Uh, Ma- uh, southerners would have big parties and they would call them and by t- southerners we mean <laughs> anybody anyone, below but the mason dixon anyone line. below 14th street <laughs> <laughs> anybody that's if you're in new york it means anybody exactly <laughs> below 14th street they're disgusting horrible people <laughs> they would have things called turtle frolics where they would get massive turtles that weighed like 200 pounds and their servants and their cooks would prepare the turtles and then they would serve the stew in the giant shells and i'm just picturing glass people waltzing around everyone's doing whatever kind of weird drugs are back then guzzling champagne every yes opium (laughs) everyone's hand is up everyone else is skirting down everyone's knickers yes and nobody's bathes and and it's disgusting stench of it all and there's just turtle soup and turtle yeah (laughs) (laughs) just flying everywhere here (laughs) smelly people unwashed hands uh knickers that haven't been washed in years (laughs) Exactly. So they would make the turtle soup most commonly out of either green sea turtles, terrapins, snapper. Um, and in the South, they became known as none other than cooter, which was a difficult hmm. for me to keep cooter? a straight face knowing that I'm so immature. I was just like, every time someone said cooter in a video that I was watching, I started giggling. Amber, Amber, get mommy's menthol cigarettes in a, in a bowl of cooter soup. <laughs> <laughs> give me my, give me my cooter, my hot blazing Amber, cooter. Amber, get mommy her cooter soup. <laughs> That's what they said. Um, and in New Jersey, uh, Alexander Hamilton and his murderer, Aaron Burr, were both members, oh, Aaron Burr. Of, Aaron Burr, were both members of the Hoboken Turtle Club, mm-hmm. which was a men's only private club that was started by a guy named uh, John Stevens. And he had a problem where these turtles were infesting his pond, like hundreds and hundreds of turtles. And they were coming up and eating his chickens. They were taking the chickens, grabbing them by their necks, pulling them into their lair underneath on yeah, the turtles pond are floor. Nasty. They're nasty little bastards. Snapping with turtles. Snapping beaks and claws. They're just, dis- they're honestly disgusting. I have no love for turtles really. I'm not into them. But mm. so he started this turtle club because instead of just moving the chickens, he's like, well, instead of moving the chickens, let's murder all the turtles. And it became an event. And then they'd have these wild turtle soup parties, which would go on and for it's days. men's only. Men's only. Men's only. No G- clothing. Gay yeah. turtle eating extravaganza. Wow. Yeah, should have been there. In a bathhouse. You would have loved it. <laughs> I would have fit right in. I knew I was living the wrong generation. Um, so anyway, everybody had turtle soup going through the ages. The Great Depression, people uh, ate gopher tortoises, and they called it Hoover chicken because uh, President Hoover was the president at the time. <laughs> um, 
naturally. <laughs> Basically what happened, though, long story short, is that we ate all of the turtles out of the water. Much like the dodo birds. Yes. Right. And what happens is that if you eat a mature turtle, mm-hmm. it's hard. You do. When you eat an old lady cooter, <laughs> that old lady cooter takes a long time to come back to childbearing age. Really? So we're eating all the old lady cooters and now they're extinct. So we're eating the grandpappies. Exactly. So that was kind of the problem. And then also what happened was around uh, the Industrial Revolution mm-hmm. when uh, Henry Ford invented the... Uh, uh, the was it the automobile? The models? No, the um, the line, the assembly line. Oh, the assembly, the yeah. actual, actual factory. Yes, yes exactly. Yes. Then they started moving that towards food and that is when... Uh, food became more commercialized because people could just, you know, factory farming chickens. And then everyone kind of lost their taste <laughs> for turtles. That's why we got Chunky eating double stuff Oreos in the 1980s. Exactly. <laughs> Here, just keep, the factory keeps pumping them out. Come on, eat them faster, Brett. Yep. Yada, yada, yada. We got snack wells. Enter the 1990s. No. So people kind of lost their taste for it. Oh, for that. Oh, oh my, my God. gosh. Our producer, Oreo. Oh, my God. Please, Luckily, Lord. I gave up judging for 2019. Amazing. Just our, kidding. Our producer Oreos. just revealed <laughs> that he, our producer Matt revealed that he has a package of double stuffed Oreos. Um, so Damn. people then started because turtle soup is actually really mainly considered a very expensive extravagance. People started making mock turtle soup, which I think we've all I heard do of. Rem- I recall this recipe. I it was a lot. also Andy Warhol's favorite kind of soup from Campbell's. And mock turtle soup was made with a ca- whole calf's head. And apparently the smell was crazy, but it was very popular in Cincinnati amongst German immigrants because it was kind of sweet and sour. That is very interesting. Commercialized sour soup. Yes. Commercialized mock turtle soup is made. The f- second ingredient after calf's head is ketchup. Oh, really? Yes. It's like a ketchup That's... stew with calf head in it. All right. I guess I'm okay with this. But... Turtle soup is also kind of um, a, a tomato-y based stewy thing i've never had it i can't believe this we must i could live without let's just read about it i did watch a video of nick solaris in um uh on the eater video in new orleans and he was having it at a famous restaurant there and apparently going back to two episodes ago the soup is traditionally served with a little glass of sherry on the side so you add your own sherry table side very French. that is right true and you know what we talked about that in our last Two episodes ago, right? Yeah. About Sherry. So exactly. So you can hear all about that. We- so that's supposed to really add to it. Um, that's kind of the most interesting thing about turtle soup. I think, you know, in terms of high and low, it, it's just one of those things, kind of like the soup version of Polly Shore. Once you're there you are, you have so much fame. Every single person loves you. You're on top of your game the next minute. You're you Polly Shore. You're Polly Shore. <laughs> you're Screech. You're still alive, but... <laughs> you're Screech. They're not you, the same person. And you're an amateur porn. <laughs> That's Your really Jared funny. from Subway. Gosh, oh, God, Jimmy that fucking crickets. guy. Um, and then one last thing I do want to say is kind of relating to what you were just saying before about the steam room. I was looking up all the stuff about uh, turtle soup, and then something on Urban Dictionary came up. I'm like, oh, I wonder what, the, what that means in sex Urban Dictionary talk. So it says, uh, turtle soup, according to Urban Dictionary, the smell in the air after someone has had hot, steamy sex, usually with a girl of the trailer park variety, also known as Dirty Butts. So wait, they call that, <laughs> sorry, they call that tur- that's turtle yeah, soup? Exactly. Urban Dictionary? Yeah, when you have sex with a trailer park hoe with a dirty butt. Man or woman, it doesn't oh, matter. Oh yeah, man, woman, other, anything. Just, I think they have to come from a trailer park. Sorry if anyone out there lives in a trailer park. This is not something that hey, I made listen, up. my grandparents lived in a trailer park. I would. I after would, they retired. Yeah. So anyway, that's what I have to say about turtle soup. Once America's favorite soup, now Screech. Now Screech. Well, you know, 
as I was looking, do you remember how important so you would mention Andy Warhol, and it made me think of how uh, how uh, soup can become our culture, right? American, how how American is cream of tomato soup with a grilled cheese, right? Mm. By Campbell's Company. I was reading an old gourmet magazine, and I came across an ad in an, one of those 1963 uh, gourmet magazine reprints that I had, the original, actually, and it said Moon Soup. What the and hell? this was a recipe published by Campbell's, Campbell's Soup Company in the 1960s, and it says, take a Campbell cheddar cheese soup, blend it together with a can of Campbell's green pea soup, oh my and God. then... Add a can of milk, and it will be a beautiful, pale green beauty with a delicate shimmer of moonlight. It states in the recipe. I am sorry. That is not. That is that's not, not a chill. moon. There is no reason that's a moon soup either. Remember Luke's drink that he used to make up, Brucey? Moon, moon baby. This week on Moon Baby. Use a little creme de violet. <laughs> add it with some orange. Exactly. Those were good. That does not. I don't. I would like to ask the Campbell's company, why is that moon soup? What about it? Is, is that the only thing that you could eat on the moon or something? No, it was because it was supposed to emulate the gorgeous green, golden color of. Of the moon? Of the moonlight. Is the moon green and green gold? Yeah. Moonlight glow. I guess. That's a stretch, Campbell's, though. Well, before pollution, it used to be a little bit more green. Do you ever have Campbell's soup growing up? Uh, Yes, we had some. I was never... I really like the cream of celery. Oh, that's so obscure. Well, I was kind of a... You know... (laughs) Wow. I was gay. Ew, cream of celery. <laughs> gay guys like stuff. Wow. They're like celery sticks. Um, <laughs> puree it, whip it, add cream, yum. I love Campbell's tomato. Yeah, that is very, I don't know, it tastes. It's like ketchup. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's ketchup. It's liquid ketchup, but I also love ketchup. That is a that is a deep, guilty pleasure of mine. I think I would, I haven't had it in years, but I used to eat it for breakfast. Secret so, corner. Now, listen, I want to talk to everybody really quickly about making soup. Right, everybody's. My mom always says, "But Breton, what's the an- what's the one thing I can do?" She always wants the secret for the recipe. Like, right. what's the shortcut? What's the what's the thing you can do? Like, Breton, what is it? Well, I tell people first of all, uh, if you're if you are not a vegetarian, I would recommend at all times, even if you're a basic cook. Actually, one of the basic things you can do as a home cook is simply have chicken stock frozen in quart containers. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, after years and years of experimenting with chicken stock i found the best stock for the cheapest actually is to put chicken feet oh yeah absolutely now listen go to your butcher and if you're living sometimes the major grocery stores don't have this but often if you do contact the butcher directly and say hey can you, people are grossed out They're like oh god i put feet in my chicken soup what's the difference you're willing to eat its breast and its butt let and me it- tell you in campbell's chicken noodle soup they put every they put beaks in there and eyeballs oh let yeah me tell it's you. chock full of eyeballs it's chock full of eyeballs i've seen them uh, and so basically you, what you do with a nice chicken stock is you get chicken backs and necks. You don't mm. need to have the whole bird. My neck, yeah, my, my back, <laughs> my chicken, and, and my, my crack. crack. Put it in a stock pot. Add some sort of mildly chopped vegetables. It doesn't have to you know, keep them whole. Who cares if you're in a hurry? Throw it in. Throw an onion. Throw a turnip. Throw some kale stems. I don't care. Yeah. And you put that in that stock pot. For chicken soup, you want to let that simmer at least an hour and a half, two hours. I like to do it a little bit longer. Some, some people say you can do it shorter. Uh, and then if you're a veg, you know, if you just want to get a nice veg stock, I like to roast some of my vegetables before I add them into the stock pot, right? For sure. What do you do? Uh, I always roast, and I always... <laughs> she always roasts. I always roast, and I always roast the carcass as well. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, okay, get some get some additional flavor in there. P.S. This is our chef recommends in case anyone's curious. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, chef recommends putting chicken feet and chicken backs in your stock. It'll give it a luxurious mouthfeel. Absolutely, all but- that collagen and cartilage breaks down yeah yeah that's how you get one of those stocks that's like jelly like gelatinous yeah when it chills it should turn into jelly right i also will put i'll leave my stock on for like 24 hours you're a long you're a long cooker Mm -hmm. well so now there's the 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 difference between bone broth and stock right Mm -hmm. well in i think that's just another matter of words right if totally i Sure. Some people say, oh, don't put aromatics, and by aromatics, I mean herbs or other vegetables in your bone broth, but you absolutely can't. Here's the deal, people. This is what this right, show ready? is about. You yep. can listen to any other show. You can read any other magazine you want. You come here to understand that you can do whatever you whatever want. Whatever you want. Yep. It doesn't matter. We have given up judgment here in yeah. 2019. We've been through it all. We found out that it just doesn't matter. It, it's about what you like. I mean, there's so many rules, and that's kind of the interesting thing I think that's happening in food in general. I mean, you look at restaurants in Paris that are breaking the mold. The thing is now, like, there has been a lot of rules surrounding cooking and a r- lot of rules surrounding everything, and now even with the rule list thing, there's still now rules. Brett and I's true belief is that cooking comes from your heart. It's about experimentation. It's about making mistakes, and your mistake might be someone else's success. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Some people just, everyone has a different taste. So a lot of recipes out there will say, don't put anything green into your stock because it muddies it and makes it gross. I will put anything in the stock. I don't Delicious. care. If I'm trying to make something very specific to the letter, I'm trying to get a certain uh, result. That's a different story than me just having fun and living my goddamn life mm-hmm. at home. Get back off. Get <laughs> Get off. Their townspeople are crowding the studio. But that's what I think. And I also actually believe, and my part of my chef recommends this week, is if you don't have stock, don't let that stop you from making a soup. Throw some stuff in. You know, throw a bone and get a stew going, Carl Weathers. But um, seriously, sometimes, you know, if you're one of those people and you're at home and maybe you're not so comfortable with cooking and you're fearful, you're like, oh, I really wanted to make soup, but I don't have any chicken stock and... You know, if you're making a chicken soup, you're going to want chicken stock. If you're looking for a weeknight fix and you got a bunch of stuff in your cabinet in your fridge that you want to put water in it. Oh. And what did you say, Breton? This is actually, sorry, there's one quick thing I wanted to mention about soup. No, but on that thing. Let's say you make the soup. Some people come over. You've got this pot on. You think you've done a fabulous job. And let's say something happens like, oh my gosh, I forgot to add salt or or something, or it tastes plain. Maybe it doesn't taste as interesting as you thought, which I have had many a soups feel like, yeah. oh God, I went through all that work. Now here, this is where I take the lesson from, by the way, Happy Chinese New Year. Happy today. Chinese New Year. And it made me think of kanji. Oh yeah. Kanji is a rice soup. It's a rice, sometimes they put pork kidney or something in it. Uh, you can put whatever you want, chicken feet. And it is simply long cooked rice. It cooks so long that the starch cooks out of it and becomes this gooey mess. And when you get kanji, it's served usually un seasoned because the consumer that is you the eater is to season their soup with an array of condiments it's so so if you have a fun. soup party which is what we're telling you to do here put out so it's all about how you finish the soup so put out some little croutons put out drizzle it with some olive oils put some parm on it hello anybody go to olive garden get the unlimited soup what was it <laughs> soup, S- soup salad fudgele. and <laughs> Was it pasta fagiole? A minestrone. And, yeah, yeah, minestrone, like a, basically an un, And all they would do is like with that rotary grater, like uh, more parm, more parm, which probably wasn't parm, but who cares? Right. It was delicious. It was salty. Exactly. That's, That's a very good tip. 
So put a parm, put a parmine in it, put a pecorino rind, put a, a cheddar rind in it. Do anything. You know, honestly, sometimes I've had a soup that needs a little tang, like uh, mm-hmm. a cabbage soup, and I'll. I'm gonna say this on the air, guys. Everybody, oh, welcome she to goes. my world. I'll squirt ketchup right into that. Ketchup, there you go. Because it's Tabasco. tomato. It's tomato and it's sugar and it's vinegar. Tabasco, anything. So those are some really good tips. Let's not waste time here because we do have to say our top three soups, and I feel like this is gonna be a Again, very big. Again, I thing. didn't realize how much there was. I I could talk for the next four hours. In fact, we're canceling the next three uh, yeah. three radio shows just to talk about soup. <laughs> uh, I remember talking to you at one point. I knew you were just threatening it, but you were like, oh, I don't even like soup, which I know is not true. No, I love soup. But you did give me I don't like soup one time. Well, I change my mind the next hour. Amazing. Yeah. So <laughs> can, you, can you please tell me, what are your Gemini Queen, what your three favorite soups are today? Gemini Queen, well, today, <laughs> in this very minute, my three favorite soups are in order. Uh, I do love, uh, I love a beef vegetable soup. Uh. It's probably my number three. My number two would be a white bean, and it doesn't even have to have a ham hock in, but yes, white bean with some with a ham hock is delicious, delicious. mostly for flavor. But my number one, all here it is, <laughs> New England clam chowder. Bing, 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 yep. bing, 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 bing. That's the sound of a clam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sound a clam makes when it's happy. That's the sound of a clam makes when it saw the turtle get killed at the Chinatown market. <laughs> bing, 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 it's us. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's amazing. That's actually my number three favorite soup. Okay, ready? So is your three favorites are? My three favorites are, <laughs> this is hard because I'm going to have to just name all the I soups mean. I like after this. Number three, New England clam chowder. Mm-hmm. Number two, matzo ball. Number one. Of course. Yeah. Ribolita. Oh, yeah. Which is a Tuscan bread soup. You're the Italo Jew kind of a. Uh, I love a Jewy soup. I love an Italian soup. Long I can I- have it's it all. Like, that, was the, that was the three like <laughs> Italian Jewish exactly. Long Island. And I also love what we call Long Island clam chatter, which is the red and the white mixed together. Get, exactly. Why, why pick when you can have both? Should we name some other soups we like, though, since we're here? Borscht. Oh, my God. Do I love a borscht? Cabbage soup. Bird's nest soup. That's that Chinese soup. And egg drop. Egg oh, drop soup. Oh, my yeah, God. Kind of I love egg drop wonton soup. Name another one. Now the favorite that soup. That was a, a cheddar broccoli beer. Cheddar broccoli beer soup. In a bread bowl? <gasps> In a bread bowl. I forgot to talk about bread bowl. Okay, so we have just a few minutes before we finish up. So cream of mushroom. So we're going to really talk late cream of mushroom. Exactly. Anything with wild rice. Okay, quickly, go. Duck blood soup that my grandpa used to. He was Polish. Oh, my would, God. I, I don't know. It's just soup made with duck blood and Is that broth. a teaser for next week? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There might be some bloody messes going on. We haven't even talked about lobster or crab bisque yet. Oh, my God. Okay, so hold on, everybody. Back in the 90s, picture it. <laughs> Nobody was on cell phones. We were all present. We all talked to each other. We used to leave van- answering machine messages, and we all got along, and we had terrible clothing, which you're trouting now. Now it's being repeated, and I don't understand why. Bucket hats. Yeah. Allie McBeal. <laughs> Lavender, pink, mixed together, maroons, yellows. Who cares? <laughs> uh, boxy cars. But listen, the thing was a bread bowl. A bread bowl. And right, that was the thing to do. That was the thing to get. And you would get it. And I loved chili in a bread bowl. Because guess what? Oh my God. You take out the inside. And after you, who doesn't want food that you can eat the of your course, vessel? You can eat the bowl. I, I just think it's so funny to picture someone cleaning out a bread bowl, <laughs> eating all the beer cheddar soup out of it, and then picking up the bowl and just munching it. I did it. I did it. There was a wonderful restaurant in Madison where I went to college in Madison. Uh. And they had, I think it was called Amy's or something. And you could get a bread bowl for like four bucks, you know, when you're in college and you got to eat 
the bread bowl. It's like 4,000 calories, but I also have to say something very important to you She's right now. She's going to say it right now. Ready? French onion soup. We haven't even talked. French about- onion soup. I have a little story about French onion soup that close out the show here. Okay. My father and mother, when they were younger, they were in the service industry. They owned a restaurant um, and they knew all the people around town. My dad was kind of a motherfucker, like in the good kind, but you know. Like a nice, a nice guy, a, but a, guy. a ball buster. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> a ball busting bartender Dude, from the 1970s. So they go out to eat one night. I guess the maitre d' and my father had major beef. They go sit down at the table. My dad orders an onion soup. The maitre d' who had a vendetta against him brings it over and he goes as recanted by my mother and father. Uh, hello, John. Would you like the onion soup in the crock or in your crotch? And he pours scalding hot onion soup, which I think is hard because usually it's stuck. The cheese is baked onto the top. So he must have really flung it into my dad's crotch. And, that and he had to go where, to the hospital. And that hospital. is where the soup Nazi was born. And that's why I was adopted. <laughs> that's why. Just kidding. I'm not adopted. <laughs> I don't think. That's what they told you. Isn't that amazing? In a carton, in a can. And then my yes. mom also told me what the other day that man. my dad was a picky eater because his grandmother stole his turtle, his pet turtle when he was a kid and made soup out of it. Well... And there we go. That's why turtle (laughs) just goes to show turtle soup really was the most popular soup that grandmothers are willing to steal from their very own grandchildren or sons and daughters. I know. Isn't that crazy? Oh, avagalemino. Greek lemon soup. Listen, whether you garnish it with oyster crackers or saltines or croutons or just plain old I don't know. <laughs> just plain old things. Just whether plain. are you old? Do you need some hotter soup because yeah. you're so old? And for some reason, old people love things to be super hot. Maybe because they're close to death and they know that temperature is the only thing left that matters in this world. Exactly. So as we finish out into the next two months of the dead of winter, um, especially for those of you in the Midwest, bless your chilly little hearts. Do yourselves a favor. <laughs> And call your friends and take one of our recommendations and make one of the 472 soups that we just mentioned. And please, again, email us, lifesabanquetshow at gmail.com. If you have any questions about soups or recipes, we will answer all of those questions for you. We'd love to. Exactly. Breton, what a lovely episode. What a lovely episode. I'm just starving. I can't wait to go make, I don't know. Alphabet soup? Alphabet soup. How Mm. could I forget? Guys, we love you. Thank you so much. Hasta la pasta fajol. Oh. oh whoa. <laughs> Ciao. Durr. Thanks for listening to the Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com forward slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fair, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows that you like. Tell your friends. And please, join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.